What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to CHGO Bulls Post Game, coming to you live and remote because our bosses are nice and let us do a remote show because it was a 9 p.m. tip on a Friday. I'm Peck. You can follow me, Bulls underscore Peck. Joined by my guy, Big Dave. Bow! BAWL Sports. <laughs> our pal and producer, Joey Spathis, behind the scenes. He is at Joey Spathis. Will the Goat Gottlieb will join us later on from the UC to give us his thoughts and insight on tonight's game. Thank you for joining us. Hit that like button if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to CSGO Sports on YouTube channel if you aren't already. Throw us your comments and questions about tonight's game. Throw us some super chats if you're feeling generous. Um, not not an ideal way to kick off the weekend, Dave. The Bulls make us wait. Well, not the Bulls. ESPN makes us wait until 9 o'clock. And then we watch that. I, I will say I was entertained because this was a chippy game. And... Mm. As a Bulls fan, grasping at straws to find ways to get to the finish line this season, you know, looking at a bigger picture and trying to find ways to be entertained by Bulls games, Bulls Bucks, it just never disappoints, does it? Like it, it was a tight game at times. It was a it was a big Bucks lead at times. You know, the, the final margin I feel like pretty much reflected the level of competitiveness of this game. But we, we got some fireworks on the way there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they definitely uh, got into it. I, I enjoy seeing that. Um, the Bulls actually showing some fight and a little bit of heart, uh, something that I believe myself and a lot of other fans were clamoring for in prior years because uh, it felt like the Bulls were too cool, just too nice, and, you know, just letting dudes come in and do stuff. Like, I remember when Grayson Allen came in and broke uh, Alice Crusoe's wrist, and I just remember how pissed uh, ex-players were like Stacey King about how he didn't do – nobody came to his aid and nothing was done about that uh, to him. But I do remember the next game at home. I believe it was – I can't remember who did it. I want to say either Tristan Thompson or or uh, Vooch put a body on uh, Grayson Allen and put him on the floor. But it was just – you know, it wasn't no big thing. This one was different because this one, I just really enjoyed it more because – of, I guess of who kicked it all off, and that's Ayo Desumu, who, who kind of kicked everything off. Um, and when you, first of all, when you have bad officiating like that, it causes that kind of thing. Uh, when you're not calling the game fairly and you're not calling the game correctly and, and you out there being trash with your officiating, you cause this kind of stuff right here. These things happen. He's sitting there watching DeMar DeRozan get fouled by um, Patrick Beverly, uh, who was playing tight defense on him, but he was fouling him. And they weren't calling anything. And Ayo just got fed up with it and put him on the floor. And then Vooch on the other play getting bodied by Bobby Portis, who was also reaching in, didn't get a call on that either. Mm -hmm. He said, oh, you want a foul? I'll show you a foul. <laughs> and, and he put one on uh, the young man. Uh, I don't recall his name, but he put one on that young fella. Uh, AJ Green. Yeah, put one on that young not, fella. Not the global and, NFL receiver, but the short little white guy who has no business being in the NBA, but apparently does. Yeah, hey, he came in, hit a three, and a couple of free throws. So, shout out to him for that. But, yeah, he put one on him, showed him a foul, got a flagrant two, and was out of there. DeMar DeRozan hitting Bobby Portis after Bobby Portis standing there flexing on him on a rebound for some reason. And DeMar got fed up with that. So, mm -hmm. that cool guy stuff went out the window, and I liked it. I liked the fact that that cool shit went out the window. And you were like, no, nah, y'all not coming in my house like this yeah. again. And I just like that. I didn't expect to win. I mean, it's the right. Bucks. You know what I mean? I didn't expect to get a W, but I did like the fireworks. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, DeMar getting involved in those fireworks. Jeff rocks in the comments asking, why did DeMar sit the entire fourth? I, I will give a little bit of credit to Billy Donovan. Who Me too. We've seen yeah. Just ride DeMar and Kobe for huge minutes all season long. We talked about it a little bit on our show yesterday when we were talking about whether or not the team can get into this rotation a little bit. Coming into tonight's game, Kobe and DeMar were tied for the most minutes played in the NBA amongst all players. And I think between the fact that DeMar was getting frustrated with the refs tonight, he was getting into it with uh, Bobby a little bit. He got himself a, a tech, uh, I think a flagrant. And maybe Billy Donovan saw this game was a little bit out of reach when DeMar checked out early in the fourth quarter and said, you know what? DeMar's 34. He's playing 18 billion minutes and I don't need a hot-headed Bobby Portis to give DeMar a concussion in the final yeah. minutes of this game. So yeah. DeMar subbed out and didn't come back and I had no problem with that. No, I, I honestly didn't have an issue at all with it. He didn't really have it uh, that evening and uh, you saw, I mean, he had a solid third quarter after starting off really slow. I believe he was five, five and seven at one point in the first half because I think he yeah. had like six or seven assists at halftime. He just didn't, he wasn't scoring. He just didn't score. And, right. you know, that's what he's out there to do. But he started scoring a little bit in, in the third, but it still was kind of clunky, even though it was like five or seven. Uh, he wasn't getting to the free throw line, wasn't getting those calls. Um, I don't know if did he take a free throw. If he did, it was a low amount. Uh, it feels did like he that he got tomorrow? to the line. Yeah. Uh, Demar feels like that. Uh, Demar, let's see, was two of two, so he took one trip. Yeah, free throw line. Yeah, so yeah, if, I'm writing how I felt. So yeah, man, he just didn't have it. And then when you see him ready to fight, and then you see Demar DeRozan, you know, yelling at the refs, he, he just ain't have it tonight. And I thought that was a cool move by Billy, actually sitting him down, kind of reading the writing on the wall. I actually liked how Billy coached tonight, and mm -hmm. I liked how he coached from the beginning and mm -hmm. was recognizing stuff early. And making adjustments, and he played everybody. Like he everybody did. got out there and got some tick. <laughs> at, at not just in garbage time, but like during the game, everybody got some tick. And I appreciated uh, seeing that um, because that's honestly, I think the only way the Bulls are going to be winning any kind of games is to exhaust all possibilities and, and exhaust everything that you got. And you know, we we previewed tonight's game a little bit on yesterday's show, talking about th this current Bulls roster, who's available, who's not, and how they had zero good options on defending yeah. Giannis. And yeah. maybe if Caruso could come back in and play, we, we've seen Billy throw Caruso at some bigger, more challenging, you know, uh, matchups like that. And, and Caruso did play tonight, but like we also saw Terry Taylor get 12 minutes tonight. Yes. You said yesterday, Dave, you're like, we might see some Terry Taylor. But I also like the fact, going back to our conversation about Patim yesterday, that mm -hmm. Patim played 16 minutes off the bench tonight and Javon yeah. Carter played four. Yeah, so, yeah. Billy is clearly, and I think it's fair for Bulls fans to say it's delayed and, and, yeah. and overdue. But at this point, finally, we are getting Billy saying, you know what? To hell with it. I'm going to throw this guy in there. I'm going to I'm going to throw <laughs> that guy in there. And it took being this shorthanded with so many of his key rotation guys, mm -hmm. at least at the onset this season, who he planned to be his key rotation guys being unavailable to him. But mm -hmm. You got 13 minutes from Julian Phillips tonight, 16 from Batim. Terry Taylor played 12. And that's just Billy saying, you know what? Let's try some different shit. And I, like, yeah. it's not like, you know, I'm praising Billy for that. I'm just saying it's, it's a nice change of pace when I think Bulls fans have been frustrated by Billy's inflexibility in certain ways. Yeah. And, and a lot of that also was because, you know, who's going to guard Giannis? You know what right. I'm saying? Like, you exactly. have to make those kind of decisions too.
Um, but, like, let's just address this now because I see a lot of people in the comments talking about it, uh, and we'll get it out of the way. A lot of people talking about the officiating. You mentioned it a little bit, Dave, talking yeah. about Demar getting heated. Gabriel in the comments saying, "I swear the refs need to count how long Giannis takes his, uh, to shoot his free throws." Andrew McKay also pointing out that Bill Wennington was talking about Giannis's free throw, you know, seconds ticking off on the radio broadcast tonight. Shout out to our boy Clem, one of the newest CHO diehards, who said we played pretty poorly, but some calls clearly didn't help. Um, Chase Nashland saying I counted Giannis was over 12 seconds many times at the free throw line. Rig Ski Man saying simply put, the Bulls lost, the refs lost control. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Connor who said, "You guys are still doing a post game LMAO. Respect the grind, but if y'all wanted to pull a vooch tonight, we'd understand. No, we nah, are bro. here. That's we what are I do. not getting ejected on purpose, even no, though it's what I'm Friday do. night at twelve o two a.m. Central Time. We are Listen, here for man. y'all. Always, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk to somebody after the right. game. All right, my mom is tired of hearing me talk to her about this stuff, so might as well talk to y'all and Matt." I was honestly looking forward to to this post game after watching that game tonight because it was an entertaining yeah. game. About the refs, the Giannis free throw thing, whatever it's it's been ongoing. Sometimes yeah, they yeah. will call him for it, whatever. Mm-hmm. The chippiness, I think, needs to be addressed a little bit more because, I mean, the Bulls fans have a legitimate grievance about how this game was officiated tonight. I think yes to a certain point because when you look at it. The Bulls were called for 21 fouls tonight, and the Bucks were called for 18. So that's not a huge disparity in number of mm-hmm. fouls called either direction. The Bulls did get two texts called and two flagrants called on them. I think mm-hmm. that more points to the Bulls losing the mental battle against the Bucks tonight and getting frustrated and sure. letting Bobby Portis or, or Pat Bev or whoever it may be getting under their skin. Uh, Vooch clearly lost the mental battle tonight the way he you know lashed out like that. But even though it was only 21 fouls to 18 fouls, and that's not a huge difference, the Bucks took 32 free throws to the Bulls' 16. So that's like, wow. All, it's almost all of the Bucks' fouls were shooting fouls, and, and the Bulls weren't? How do you get that small of a disparity in fouls called, but that bi- they doubled them up in free throw attempts? The Bulls were able to stick around for a little while because the Bucks didn't shoot well that well from the free throw line. But to me, here's the thing. It's a nationally televised game. The Bulls don't get many of those. It doesn't matter from my point of view that the Bulls are the team playing on their home floor. You would not even knew the Bulls existed if you watched the ESPN broadcast tonight, which I did because I was curious. I did too, yeah. I wanted to see what the ESPN heads were talking about in the game tonight. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The headline was Giannis, subheadline, Doc Rivers, and the new look Bucks. What's mm-hmm. going on with them? They spent the entire halftime show talking about it. Yes, mm-hmm. they interviewed Billy between the third and fourth quarters, just like they interviewed Doc between the first and second quarters in the sideline reporting. But this national broadcast was all about the Bucks, one of the top mm-hmm. seeds in the East. The Bulls were the afterthought. And that is the Bulls' lot in life right now. Mm-hmm. The Bulls aren't the team getting calls on a nationally televised game, even if they're on their home floor. They're not. Does it suck? Did it seem like the Bulls got the short end of the stick with the officiating tonight? Absolutely and absolutely. But they have done that to themselves by being where they are, which is an NBA afterthought. You want to get some more respect from NBA officials in a nationally televised NBA game? 
be a significant NBA team like the Bucks are. Yeah, I just want you to get the call right. And I want you to avoid uh, chaos like you saw happen because I call as soon as you saw that happen on especially the Vooch when I was like, oh, he's about to get kicked out the game. You saw it. Like you have to avoid that shit. And and I don't care about them getting the calls. You're right. Everything you said is right. Um, but for me, it's more like, no, you you have to do your job to avoid the chaos. You avoid Ayo Sumo having to lay out Patrick Beverly. That ain't got shit to do with nasty television. That's just you sucking at your job right there. You let you letting Vooch get bodied up like that routine. That's just you sucking. And guys are going to retaliate because you're not doing your job. Now, them having more free throw, I expected Giannis to be at the free throw line living there. That's Giannis. Yes, you're going to get calls. I didn't expect them to outwin the battle or anything like that. But I did expect it to be somewhat fair in you keeping the peace to where guys are not about to lose their minds. Like, De- DeMar DeRozan is probably the, one of the coolest dudes, like the head, coolest level-headed guys you'll see on the floor. And he'll complain to the refs for sure. And you see him get attacked. But when he starts swinging on people, you doing then it's your fault. You, that's how I feel. It's your fault. He's not just going to do that to be doing that. Now, there wasn't nothing to call on that play because Bobby Porter's just flexed. And he, mm-hmm. and he felt he got fouled. And he didn't. I, I agree with the ref on that. He didn't get fouled. But he felt he did. He was just more mad at Bobby flexing on him. You know what I mean? And trying to, now, yeah, you little fella. Like that. And... Everything the refs didn't call built up in him, and he got pissed, and he took a swipe at Bobby Portis on that one. And that's how that went. You saw Drummond getting pissed. Uh, Drummond draws fouls. You know what I mean? If anybody draws fouls, it's Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. So the fact he wasn't really getting those calls either, that was a little little surprising too. But, yeah, yes, the Bucks are going to get more calls than you. They're a better team than you. Yes, everything Matt said is right. I just You have to keep that fairness from it getting chaotic and getting out of control. Because guys are going to take that in their own hands. And my point is that when Ayo DeSumo is laying cats out, you're doing something wrong. It's mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase and Ashley in the comments said, bottom line, uh, Bulls cut the lead to eight points. Vooch cannot be dumb enough to get thrown out. We can't afford to lose yeah. anyone, especially another starter. Uh, and and it's not like Vooch was doing anything great for the Bulls tonight. Like, he did have a near double-double. His classic – I mean, this has basically yeah. been his average as a Bull, 17-9. and nine. I think his career average with the Bulls is 17-11. and 11. But, I mean, he was he was a team worse minus 19 when he was on the floor tonight. And yeah. when he didn't get that call against Bobby, when he was banging with Bobby in the post, and you saw him take out his mouth guard and yell a bunch of shit to that ref, running back on defense, yeah. and then you just knew – you're like – it's like it's coming, you know. So <laughs> instead of hitting that guy, you headbutt Bob Barker. Like Vooch, you're like, okay, Bob well, Barker. this this is gonna happen, and Vooch is getting his frustration out, which is why I said a moment ago, like, I'm fine with the fact that Billy said, "Hey, Demar, come sit down, come Correct. sit down," because Demar was on the verge of losing it too. Yeah. Um. Somebody in the comments was wondering about why it is that Vooch and Demar, like the vets, are uh, you know losing their cool. And um, can you find that one, Joe? Because it, it was an interesting point about how, like, why is it that the young guys on this Bulls team have to be the ones telling the vets to maintain their composure? We gotta keep our composure because well, you know we saw Vooch, you know, whipping the the bench chair with his towel the other night. He yeah. gets tossed tonight on a flagrant two. Demar having a tough time, and we've yeah. seen several times whether it's Io, whether it's Kobe White, some of the younger guys on this team saying, "Hey, hey, take a breath. It's okay." Yeah. This this Bucks team clearly 
this core of Bulls players who have been teammates for a few years now, they do not like Milwaukee. They don't. It's like, it, it, and it's I love not, it. It's not a true <laughs> rivalry because right. they're kicking our you gotta ass. You got to win. Correct. They've been kicking our ass for years. It's not a rivalry. Correct. The way that I feel Correct. Bears-Packers is not a rivalry. But they this Bulls core of players who have been playing the Bucks together for a few years now clearly don't like them. And yeah. then Pat, Pat Bev was just a little cherry on top of that Sunday of mm-hmm. annoyance and getting under your skin and picking you and prodding you. And the, the Bulls just looked mentally weak tonight. They did. Mm. I, I Yeah, you're right. Which is, I don't know about the mentally weak part, uh, but I, th- I mean, you can back it up with what you saw Vooch do. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can back it up with what I just talked about with DeMar for sure. Uh, but more of that, I do put on officiating because the Bulls are not a team to be retaliating, get ready to fight dudes like that. And that's just from years, not just this year. That's just from years of watching this Bulls team put together. That, mm-hmm. I, that's the first time I've seen them act like that. Like, I have not seen them do that. That is the very first time. So Caruso was pissed at getting called. Caruso got a tech. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, those, like, stuff wasn't going right, you know what I mean, when it was coming to those calls, man. Caruso's text seemed really soft. Like, yeah, know, he, very and quick. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, he he was airing his grievances after a foul call that he thought was a questionable foul call, and the ref was immediately like, Timo, "Yeah, I I do agree with the overall vibe of NBA fans that this season, the last couple seasons, NBA officials have gotten really in their feelings and are really quick to blow whistles and make things personal with these players when it's like, yeah. hey, stop making the game about you." We didn't yeah. come here to watch number 87 in gray and black stripes. Like, <laughs> shut up. Um, l- let's take our first break there. We'll come back and uh, break down more of tonight's game. Still plenty to get to. We got to talk about what we saw from Kobe tonight, from Io tonight, from the bench tonight. People in the comments asking about Patim again, uh, Patim. who had a solid game. We will get to as many of that. Uh, as many of those comments as we can on the other side. Hit that like if you're hanging out with us on YouTube. We appreciate it. Big Dave, what is up first? I'll tell you what's up first. Shout out to Jelly for getting his Sub-Zero t-shirt in Jelly. the mail hey. today. Hey. Look at Matt. Got his in the mail today. Mine said, it was, mine said it was on the way 10 days ago and it ain't got here. So we're going to have to have a conversation with my main man, Mitch, and see what's going on. So I can get my shirt. I got my hoodie, though. Definitely got my hoodie, but I want my shirt. The other thing that's going on is the most unexpected, unscripted, unforgettable bonus watch experience for families and fans in the world today. It returns to Chicago land for an adrenaline-filled weekend at the All-State Arena, March 1st through the 3rd, this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. World's best drivers show off crazy skills and all-out racing in fierce hand-to-hand battles for the event championship. Engineered to perfection, the 12,000-pound monster jam trucks push all limits in freestyle, skills, donuts, and racing competition. The Arena West champion will receive the highly coveted automatic bid to the prestigious Monster Jam World Finals to compete for the title of world champion. So see world-class athletes in action performing the craziest stunts in motorsports today. Experience big-time family fun. Family, family, family at Monster Jam. Unexpected, unscripted, unforgettable. This is Monster Jam. See it at Allstate Arena March 1st to the 3rd this weekend. Link 
in the description. Trivia, Matt. Question one or question three? One. How tall is a Monster Jam truck? You mean like when it's on all four of its wheels or when it's standing up on its two hind wheels? Does this, It just says how tall is a Monster Jam truck. That's all it says. Uh, Joey's guess is 12 tons. Um, <laughs> that's a new measurement of height, by the way, is tons. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess 25 feet. Oh, wow. Well, Joey got the 12 right. It's 12 inches tall. What? 12 feet, excuse me. Oh, 12 feet tall. <laughs> you, you talking Hot Wheels? <laughs> like, what I know, right? <laughs> GoBots. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, post game tonight also brought to you by our friends at Coors Light. Mm. Uh, Whether it's your team stressing you out, we can relate to that, or just you. life in general stressing you out, things can feel chaotic. We all have to deal with it, and there are a few different ways to deal with it. You can go scream at monster trucks if you want to. That's fun. Uh, you could also just crack yourself a nice, ice-cold, refreshing Coors Light. Coors Light helps you find those zen moments of chill all year mm. long. When the mountains turn blue on that Coors Light can, you know the beer inside is as cold as the Rockies. It's one of my favorite inventions of modern man. Truly, the first time when I was a teenager and I saw the Coors Light campaign of, hey, we got these new beer cans. And when the mountains on the can turn blue, you know the beer is cold and ready to drink. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is this is the apex. This is the apex of the human experience. Mm -hmm. It's all it was it was all downhill from there, but Cor yeah. Coors Light is still holding up their end of the bargain. Drink responsibly, kids. Coors Light is cold lager, cold filtered, and cold packaged for a smooth finish. When it's time to chill, crack open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment, crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Mm -hmm. When it's time to chill, Coors Light the beer i reach for get coors light delivered straight to your door that's Are right we? with instacart by going to coorslight.com slash chgo basketball that's coorslight.com slash chgo basketball celebrate mm -hmm. responsibly coors brewing company golden colorado it's golden 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 Sunday, Golden Sunday, Golden Coors Light, and Monster <laughs> Town. Um, Dave, what what did you think about uh, Kobe White's game tonight? It was nice to see him knock down a couple of threes. We know he's been struggling from behind the arc uh, and just struggling with his shot in general coming out of the All Star break. He mm -hmm. he uh, he a little bit of a slow start. He did finish with twenty two points tonight on a respectable mm -hmm. seven of fourteen. Two mm -hmm. of five. He also got to the free throw line. Six of six mm -hmm. at the charity stripe. I mm -hmm. thought it was sort of a, a a quiet game for Kobe, where it seemed like it was mostly Demar distributing in the first half, and and then you know, at, at no, I was waiting in the second half for the Kobe White takeover moment, or at least Kobe White does his part to try to give the Bulls a fighting chance to steal this game somehow moment. It seemed like yeah. it never came. It just seemed like Kobe was just sort of treading through this one. Did did you kind of observe it the same way? Yeah, I did. Um, I didn't think he had it again tonight like that. I still thought, uh, like you said, treading, plotting, 
you know, however you want to say it, uh, in the mud, uh, in the muck, in the mire, you know, all those kind of things. Um, one of those hard 22s. Uh, that's what it looked like. Yeah, it looked nice on paper and stuff, but I thought it was like a hard 22 for him. Uh, most of that coming in that fourth quarter when the game was pretty much uh, wrapped up. I believe he had 13 uh, going into that fourth quarter. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to complain about 22, but I just didn't think like he was comfortable out there. Like, he didn't feel the same um, when he had that one-on-one with Giannis and Giannis ripped him up. Now, granted, Giannis is defensive player of the year pretty much every year, even if he doesn't win. <laughs> he's defensive player of the year. Um, but he just didn't seem like he had those handles tonight like that. That shifting is getting to the bucket didn't show up until the fourth quarter. I thought they did honestly a, a solid job against him. Um, couldn't hit his shots like that, you know, but this is, I think we talked about this. I still think it's fatigue. I still think it's those things catching up with him. I hope he gets a fourth quarter off like DeMar did mm-hmm. um, and get some rest. Um, what, I what did are you talking like, about? Kobe did get a rest tonight. He only played 38 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I did, honestly, though, like seeing him play with the, the younger guys because mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like you unlock a different kind of Kobe uh, when you're playing with dudes who can match his kind of speed and his kind of agility like that. Like, it was certain passes he I saw him making to like Julian Phillips and Io that he wouldn't make to DeMar or to Caruso. So I, I liked watching him play with those young guys. I, I'd like to see more of that. Uh, we should be seeing more of that because those guys should have been gone and been traded, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, man, he, it was just a plotting kind of game for him. Uh, like he ended up with 22 and he kept fighting through it. I liked how, how sad he looked when Vooch made that foul. Cause he knew that that was the game, and you if you go back and watch it, you'll see him put his hands right on his shoulder and just put his head down and just he knew he knew it was like oh man this is a rap like like why did he do that this is a rap right here for us so yeah Kobe's always involved in these games man but yeah just tired Matt like honestly that's mm-hmm. why I kind of just chalk it up to and the, they did mention him for most improved player. I they will did. say that. They, they definitely mentioned him for most a, improved player. A couple of times uh, yes. they, they threw yes. that out there on the broadcast. Nice to see Kobe getting at least a little bit of national uh, recognition and respect. Yeah. But uh, speaking of that uh, that tiredness, Brandon Ian in the comments said, I don't know about y'all, but if we're looking big picture, I'd sit Kobe and DeMar against the Kings. It's three days of rest before the Jazz. Heavy minutes every night is how major injuries start. Uh, Rob pointing out that Kobe took another tough fall tonight and hopes he did. Is yeah. Okay. Yeah. He did. Brian Ram is saying too many minutes for Kobe. Put the young guys in more like the team and Phillips. Um, AK saying Kobe's worn out, tired legs, mental fatigue, leads support, leads support decisions and turnovers. Kobe needs another week off. His minutes are not sustainable. Kobe did mm-hmm. only have two turnovers tonight. I, I don't think that that was a problem. We've seen Kobe have bad turnover nights. Tonight sure. was not one of those. No. Um, as to uh, Brandon's idea about resting Kobe and DeMar and just not playing them against the Kings on Monday, not going to happen. Not no. going to happen. A- unless one of them pops up on the injury report between now and Monday afternoon, mm-hmm. they're playing. The Bulls are fighting for their play in life, and neither Kobe or DeMar is the type of player to say, I need a night off, coach. Make up something. Put it on the injury report. You know, I, I-, I guess if you're DeMar, you could just say rest because he's old. But 
you know, Kobe has been dealing with a couple of different nagging injuries. He's been fighting an ankle, among other things. Mm -hmm. They could, if they wanted to, find a way to give Kobe and or DeMar a night off, but they're not going to. No, I think it's more about the total allotment of minutes and whether or not that's sustainable um, as whoever that was who pointed out, like, don't think it's sustainable. And and I agree. The Bulls are about to go on this West Coast road trip uh, and and place and and face some pretty daunting Western Conference opponents. And they're Kobe looks gassed. Yeah, he can say everything he wants to say about how he's not gassed and he's just not knocking down a shot. It good for him for putting on a brave face because I feel like that's what Bulls fans want to see from a young rising maybe star that this team is going to continue building around in the next phase of this team when they get you know turn this roster over and DeMar's gone and Vooch is gone and Zach is gone that's a great way to approach it and I know that Bulls fans appreciate and respect that but there's no denying that he is gassed right now flat out gassed yeah that's what it is it's honestly that simple and he has to – he's not going to be the one, like you said, man, to be like, take me out the game, coach. Like, I need Billy to have a better better eyes out there, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to that. And to Billy's credit, I know it's hard for him because he's like, fine, I'll take him out. Who do I put in? Like, what, what do I put in at that position at point guard? Like, Jalen? You know, I mean, uh, Javon? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, and I'm telling him, you still – hey, man, move shift IO over, shift Caruso over, whoever you got to shift over – to those positions. It's the reason you got like four guards on your team. You got to get this young man some rest, man, because especially if you're going to be making this run at this plan, you're going to need him down the stretch in these last few games because it's going to come down to that. Indeed. Uh, Jake Reynolds in the comments saying, I'm not ready to call Kobe a star. He's not consistent or dynamic enough. He's an improved player, not an all-star. Well, that's just a fact. He's not an all-star. He has yet to make an all-star team. Correct. I said that he is a rising star who the team yeah. and the fans hope that they can possibly build with and build around in years to come. Um, people in the comments saying, along with Kobe being exhausted and getting some of the younger guys some minutes, Patim's name is being thrown out there a lot. Uh, AK saying, Billy needs to get Patim open shots. Carter is trash. Again, Carter played four minutes tonight. Patim played 16. Yeah, Yay. Yay. Yeah. It's crazy. I did not think I would be saying that when we were sitting, you know, at, at Summerfest last October talking about how excited we were to have Javon Carter join this squad. Mm-hmm. But like to me right now, it's a no brainer. It's like, hey, yeah. sorry, Javon. L- let's revisit things in May and figure out if we're going to keep you next season mm-hmm. or find you a new home. But for the final 22 games after tonight, I think me and every other Bulls fan out there wants to see more minutes from freaking Odoral Patim, who, by the way, tonight also had himself a solid game off the bench. Knocked down yeah. a couple of threes, did some more work on the glass, played some more respectable defense. Mm-hmm. What, what more can you ask for the guy, Dave? I, I want to see, you know me, I want to see Patim and Funk out there. So I want to see them both get, get some tick because you need threes. I'm not, I'm not on the Funk train yet. Why not? Like, why are you on the Patine trade? Like, like it's on plate. Like, one thing at a time, Dave. One thing why not? A- no, dude. All of it. I mean, you need shooting bad. That dude just went 5 and 10 in his last game from the three-point line. Let this man did, shoot. Did he really? Yes, he did, really. 5 of 10. He had 19 points. Throw Put him this in dude there. in. Throw, Throw him, him in, there. man. I, I'm I immediately need... pivoting. <laughs> Throw him in there. 
You need shooting. That's all I know is you need shooting bad. Desperately. You need it. So why not? I don't see the reason why not. What are you what are you going for the plate? You going for the sixth? Come on. <laughs> what are we doing out here? Like, they're, dude, they're put them six, out here. They're six games behind the sixth seed. Um, and they're going to stay there if they don't <laughs> like, come on. Speak, speaking of desperately needing shooting, Jeff Crook in the comments said, I wonder why Dalen only got garbage minutes tonight. Well, mm-hmm. what's up, Joe? Can I interject? Yeah, we see the goat. I see the goats ready. I see. I, we, I was leading to it. Joey. I had Joining us on the Go Talk Hotline, <laughs> our guy Will the Go Gottlieb. Follow him for all of his Bulls reporting and updates. Will underscore Gottlieb. Uh, Goat, let's start with the drama. Uh, did we hear from Vooch after this game, after getting ejected? Did we hear from DeMar after this game, after he got into a little bit of a scrape with Bobby Portis? What What, what was the explanation from these players after a pretty chippy game against their, their Central Division rival Bucks? First of all, I just want to say that that was pretty incredible stuff from Joey right there, who oh. instead of just putting me on the screen, he put himself on the screen so that <laughs> then he could play the GOAT uh, animation, which you just you have to love it. Um, I think it was just a bunch of frustration up and down the roster, up and down the game that ultimately boiled over. And, you know, I, it's interesting because, like, we see those kind of fiery moments from Vuge and from Damar. Crusoe's technical was like not really an emotional thing. I think he just kind of like, I guess it was, he like reacted poorly to a call. Um, But I don't know. You just, you don't see this team lose its composure like that. Um, And they really just lost their composure. I mean, it was Damar and Vooch both uh, spoke after the game. Billy spoke after the game about it and said that he had something to say. Wouldn't say what it was, but he had something to say to the officials um, from the very beginning of the game, the way that they were calling it. Um, I was sitting next to uh, Julia Poe from Chicago Tribune, and she was like in the middle of tweeting, I don't know who's going to get a technical in this fourth quarter, but somebody's going to mm-hmm. because of just like the way that it was being officiated. And then like two seconds later, there was a attack. I think it was the DeMar thing that, that um, happened first, but just a ton of emotions kind of boiling over. I think they felt really frustrated. They were defending and getting fouls and felt like they weren't really being overly physical. And then on the other end, they were not getting the same calls that they felt like they were giving up on defense. So I think it was just a lot of frustration. And then, you know, Bobby and, and uh, Pat Bev start chirping and start kind of playing a little bit more physical, their hand checking and all that stuff. And it just kind of boiled over. Uh, Damara started over six. I think that frustrated him. Vooch, you know, I thought he started the game pretty well and, and um, ended up kind of missing some shots pretty badly there in the third quarter. And that I think maybe started uh, to get him frustrated, but the play with Vooch was kind of interesting because he just, I mean, he was like boxing out Bobby on one end and then he came down on the other end and tried to post him up and just like tried to back him down, tried to back him down and then couldn't get any separation, couldn't get him into the goal at all. And so we just did his little turnaround hook shot and missed and just came down the other end and just like laid AJ Green out. He's, he apologized after he said it was a dangerous play um, and that he was going to go, you know, apologize to AJ in the other locker room. But uh, just kind of a strange overall atmosphere for, you know, these guys are all emotional. They're all competitors, but you don't really see them really boil over like that. And so it's just kind of an interesting uh, meltdown, so to speak. Uh, Will, what, did Billy speak on uh, DeMar DeRozan and why he wasn't in, in in that fourth quarter? He just said, the. I mean, he pulled them uh, when they were down 25 with seven minutes to go. He said the workload that DeMar's had this year, that's just such an uphill climb and, you know, let's try to get some of these young guys in. They can run up and down and see if they can cut into it. But I think he just 
with the way that DeMar was playing with the frustration level and with the score at that point in the game, he just felt like that was enough. Will, I'm, uh, we touched on it a little bit. I'm not blaming this game and this loss on the refs. Uh, it did seem a little bit one-sided. Dave and I discussed why that might be. But we, we have seen a lot more of NBA coaches speaking out after games where they feel like their team got the short end of the stick officiating-wise. I'm curious if Billy had any kind of commentary on tonight's game given the, the number of times things got heated and the fact that the Bulls were doubled up by the Bucks on free throw attempts tonight. Yeah, I think... Um... You know, I, I mentioned before, like Billy said that he told the ref something. He didn't say exactly what it was, but he just felt like, you know, there's times where everybody feels like they're not getting the calls that they want. Um, but they were, I, I don't remember the exact number. It was like six free throws to zero at the end of the first quarter or something like that in favor of the Bucks. And, you know, Kobe ended up getting like three or four straight fouls at the start of the second quarter to put the Bulls in the bonus. So it did kind of even out, but it just didn't really feel like it did, um, I guess, to the players. And Look, when you're guarding Giannis, he's going to get fouls. He's a super-duper star. He goes to the basket hard, and he finishes. And so anytime there's contact there, the refs protect him. But at the same time, like he is drawing a lot of contact. And I think for DeMar, who's a guy that you know likes to get guys to bite on pump fakes, he's not necessarily like crashing into people on his way to the basket. He's more trying to like finesse them and, and get them to jump. And he's being guarded by Giannis. He's being guarded by Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez and these guys that are seven feet tall. And so they're not really giving up the, the pump fakes in that situation. And then you've got Patrick Beverly who's hounding you. And I thought he kind of got away with a couple of fouls on the perimeter area after the game. We talked to Pat Bev for a second. He said he was surprised that they put DeMar uh, at the perimeter against him as opposed to the post where he felt like he had a little bit of an advantage. So yeah. um, I think it was like some ticky tack stuff that maybe didn't go their way. And, you know, they're playing against Giannis and he's getting all these foul calls because he's Giannis. It, to me, it didn't feel like it was like egregious. Um, I can understand why the players would feel that way, especially just like the the physicality that Giannis plays with going at you. Um, and so I can definitely understand it. Um, but it was just like from the start of the game, I think they felt like they were kind of at a disadvantage and it just boiled over for three, four different people. Well, what did, was you get a chance to speak to anybody else like Io? Because we were a little surprised that basically the one person who kicked all that off was Io. Um, when you got to time for guys getting physical, you know, and retaliating and things like that, did, were any other players uh, speaking about that? No, we just spoke to, uh, I mean, it's, it's 12:30 here so that people are trying to get home, but, uh, we spoke to, uh, Vooch waited for us graciously. Um, he had been like showered and everything. So he could have left like before the game ended, but he waited for the media. I thought that was uh, very nice of him and respectable. And then we talked to DeMarc briefly and then Patrick Beverly for two seconds before he uh, ran out of the scrum there. So I uh, didn't really hear from much else, but I think that there was just like a general sentiment of like, we lost our composure and we know we can't let that happen. Um, but we also kind of felt like we were at the short end of it with refereeing. And Billy also made a point to say like, I know everybody feels that way all the time. So there's not like any uniqueness to us feeling that way, but they felt that way. It was competitive at certain stretches tonight, though, wasn't it, Will? We'll always have that. Uh, it is a late night. We will let you get out of here uh, and get home. Thank you for joining us, buddy. We appreciate it. Bulls fans, Will, read Will's stuff. AllCHGO.com is where you can find that. Sign up to be a diehard at CHGO so you can get the very best of the best of GOATS content and coverage. Follow him, Will underscore Gottlieb, on that Twitter machine. Will, enjoy your weekend, buddy. Well earned. And we will talk to you on Monday for Bulls Kings. Bye, guys.
Uh, with that, let's take our second break. We will come back and wrap up with a few more thoughts on tonight's game. We'll get to any super chats we have lying around uh, and whatever else is on your mind out there in Bulls Nation. Hit that like button if you haven't done it yet. Now's the time. Do it now. Do it for Troll Joe. Uh, Post game tonight brought to you by our friend Charlie the Bacon Guy. Shout out. Still remains my favorite current sponsor of ours. Probably to no surprise. Charlie the Bacon Guy, based out of Woodridge, Illinois, makes craft bacon and bacon jams in over 35 different flavors. Mm. His bacon and bacon jams are all naturally cured, preservative-free products. No ingredients that Charlie can't pronounce himself involved mm. in the process. Unlike a lot of store-bought bacon, where you read the ingredient list and you're like, what's that ingredient? Because that just doesn't say just bacon. Delicious, mm-hmm. pure, pure as the driven snow. Bacon. That's that's what Charlie does. Uh, he vacuum seals it and freezes it, and it helps it last very long. The bacon lasts in in its package up to sixty days in the fridge, and a week after you break that seal of the vacuum seal, also nine months in the freezer if you want to save it for a special occasion. The bacon jam lasts even longer, ninety days in the fridge, up to a year in the freezer. Mm. But let's be honest: if you're getting Charlie the Bacon Guy's bacon. You don't need to worry about longevity, at least if you're me, because you're eating that right away until it's gone. He also has merch that you could check out. You've maybe seen me rock his Charlie the Bain Guy hat on our set when we are in CHGO Studios. I love that hat. I'm going to steal it any day now. Uh, he's got beanies also, T-shirts and stickers. He's got coffee mugs. Check it out. Um Check out also some of the wonderful flavors, the maple pepper, chorizo, French toast, if you're looking for a sweet start to your day, Cajun, and of course, as a true Chicagoan, you know that my favorite, the Jardinere. Jardinere flavored bacon. I'm going to die of a heart attack of happiness the next time I eat a piece of that, so I'm going to save it. I'm going to hold off on the Jardinere. Or relief. <laughs> maybe that maybe that too uh the bacon jam goes great on anything spread it on your morning toast maybe mix it into your scrambled eggs sprinkle it as a topping on your homemade pizzas maybe put a little bit in the next grilled cheese you make at home or just put a put a dollop of it on your charcuterie board the next time you're hosting a little uh little little game night with your friends i like that starting now you can save 10 percent on your order at charliethebankguy.com when you use promo code chgo at checkout you can pick it up the most efficient way or you can meet halfway wherever you are wherever charlie is based on woodridge meet halfway you can have it delivered or he'll even ship it to you if you want to go that route uh charlie makes the bacon so you can bring it home contact charlie at charlie the bacon guy on Instagram at CZ the Bacon Guy on Twitter. You can also email him with an order, Charlie the Bacon Guy at gmail.com. Website, Charlie the Bacon Guy.com. Mm. Everybody, everybody in the chat right now, I have a question for everybody in the chat. Tell me, please, what time is it? Tell me what time it is in the chat because I know you know it and I know you know it well. Get that boo. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in the chat, but I'm. I You're not. Like I, had to, I, I, I would have had a stroke if I didn't hear someone say "Game Time Who." There we go. Druish is on it. Jeff is on it. Shout out. is on it. Ben Shout is out. on it. There what it up, is. Ben, Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. I love it. 
You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events nearest you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes that guesswork out of buying those tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even Oh, excuse me. And even an hour after it starts, it is not the place. It is the place to find last minute seats, find exclusive flash deals, sponsor deals on tickets for football, hockey, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. And with the zone deals, you pick the section and game time will do the selecting with an average savings of everybody in the chat. Give me a drum roll, please. If you're in the chat, hit me with a drum roll, 18%. And the game time guarantee means you'll always, and I mean always, get the best price available. So take the guesswork out of buying those tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code CHGO, get yourself $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, create an account, deem that code CHGO, get your wonderful self $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Get wrong T because Matt Pat, what time is it? Game time. Who? No, Andrew, I wasn't going for bacon. I wish. I wish I had <laughs> enough time in one of Dave's ad break reads to go to my kitchen and fry up some bacon and come back. <laughs> that's that's gonna be my bedtime snack after we finish post game. Oh, the bacon bedtime snack, nothing like it, guys. You ever it's had a, a bacon thing. bedtime snack, Dave? You ever had? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, no question. No Definitely better. had a, a BLT or three before I was going to bed. Before, there you go. absolutely, no question. A and or you could just pull the Michael Scott and set out some bacon by your bedside. And then start frying that up first thing in the morning when your first alarm goes off. And then you go back to bed, snooze a little bit longer, and then you wake yes. up to the smell of fresh crackling bacon. That's the wonderful thing of adulting. <laughs> you can do it how you no, feel. No one can tell you to not eat bacon as a bedtime snack or in your bed in the morning before you get out of bed. He's absolutely right. He's the, do how you feel, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, Clem, I, uh, Clem was typing out that joke as I was making it. Yes, I, I do not actually own a George Foreman grill. You ever possess mm. a George Foreman grill, Dave? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. Love you, that George Foreman Do you Foreman still? Grill. Do you currently have no, a No, 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 no. I don't, I, don't, I don't have it anymore. I do know that you still have, and I am jealous, a pizzazz pizza maker. Yeah, I use it today. Speaking of silly and dangerous <laughs> food cooking apparatus. Yeah, I use it today. Uh, I'll probably use it again tomorrow. I, I love it so. It just sits out. I, it's the greatest thing ever. I'm, I'm sad that it's not out there for everybody. I'm just, I'm just going to say this one time. Sure. And, and I, I can't remember if I've said it before, but I'm going to say this one time. Mm -hmm. Waiting on an invite to come enjoy a fresh hot delicious frozen pizza cooked on your pizzazz because you know <laughs> that at one point in my past i had a pizzazz and was yes. in love with it yes and i no longer have it and i miss frozen pizzas cooked on a pizzazz because there mm -hmm. is no comparison i tell also tell you this i used to when i this around the time when i was eat, still eating meat but i would make meatball subs on on that pizzazz as well and I, that joint was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause, cause when you put the after, of course, of course, after you cook the meat, 
Uh, but when you put it in and you put the sauce in and the cheese, sit it on the pizzazz and it will be perfectly toasted and the and the cheese will be perfectly melted. And it is amazing. I promise okay. you. We have to move on because I'm getting aroused. <laughs> um, D- Dave, can we can we talk about Pat Bev for a sec? I feel sure, like, sure. like I feel like we covered the major bases of what happened to the game tonight. Yeah. I, I want to get your take on Pat Bev because okay. here's mine. I was laughing. I saw a lot of Bulls fans in my Twitter feed tonight as that game was happening, and that especially as Pat Bev was doing more and more Pat Bev things in the second half. Mm. He went on like a one-man 10-0 run at one point there in the fourth quarter. <laughs> he, did. He, he gave Julian Phillips, my sweet special boy, the too small he after a, a little a like times. floater all the way jumper in the lane. Mm-hmm. It broke my heart a little bit. Uh, he knocked down some threes and was shouting at the Bulls bench. He was shouting mm-hmm. up in the stands at Bulls fans saying, this is my city. Classic Pat Bev stuff. Yeah. I then thought to myself, how funny is it that this dude was on his podcast at the beginning of last offseason saying, hey, man, I love Chicago. I love the Bulls. It means everything to me that I've gotten a chance to put a Bulls jersey on in my career. I want to stay here. Also, I want $15 million annually. <laughs> and you and me and Goat and everybody else laughed at that. Yeah, so even if the Bulls could afford to pay Pat yeah. Bev $15 million annually on a new contract, which they couldn't, they wouldn't because no. he he ain't worth that. He is you not. know you, you know what he is worth the th- one year three million dollar deal that the Sixers signed him to last mm-hmm. fall, mm-hmm. and then they traded him. Yes, and that's he how you came do. Onto the Bulls court tonight in a Bucks jersey and was clowning and too smalling and talking his shit. And as much as that probably irked some Bulls fans thinking, like, really, Pat? Like, we, we were like this for that little stretch run of last season. What happened? What, where's the love? And Pat saying, well, the love is the Bulls didn't want to pay me. Mm. I was laughing my ass off about all of it because he wanted 15 mil. He thought it was worth that. He got a fifth of that mm-hmm. and then got traded midseason. Yeah. I think that makes, what, 27 or 28 NBA teams now that Pat Bev has played for? Because everyone <laughs> loves him in their locker room. Such a great <laughs> locker room guy. But the fact is that the biggest joke of all is on the Bulls. Mm. Because we said, hey, Pat, that was a nice little stretch last season. Thanks for the memories. Chicago guy through and through. We're not going to pay you. Go away. And then he comes in a Bucks jersey and makes the polls look stupid and mm-hmm. i i was just wildly entertained by all of it yeah i was definitely uh i laughed for sure um because pat because for me it was like yeah all right dog <laughs> like that's why i laughed i was like yeah great you scored 14 wonderful you know awesome cool you know what i mean cool cool story i was like wonderful it's nice um and, and when you do that of course you've earned the right to talk your talk your crap you know, you saw him talking this crap. It's my city. You know, like you said, he hit him with a two small on a foul. That's when you know he was feeling good about himself. You know what I mean? He hit him with that, bro. So, you know, my man was feeling really good about himself. And I wasn't mad at him. I was like, he's feeling good, dog. Like, he's feeling really good. And he's having one of those games. Pat always has one of those games when he gets to your team. And he had one of those games here. Do you remember the Lakers game? Mm-hmm. When Pat Bell was having it, and and he did what to the Lakers exactly what he just saw him do to the Bulls. Like this is that's what he does, man. That's how he remains in the league. Um, I like the fact that 
even even when he got hit, you know, it don't mean nothing to him. He like it's just basketball because he understands he's an irritant and he understands when he irritates, somebody's going to scratch. You know what I mean? And when somebody scratches or somebody swats at a mosquito, they don't stop coming at you. Mm-hmm. They're coming back. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll be back. They understand that. So I, I've always liked Pat Bev. I still will always like Pat Bev. But yeah, it made me laugh, man. Like for sure. I was definitely laughing because I'm like, oh, look at Pat having a game out here. Yeah, I, I was just like, yeah, this game's over. When I saw him doing that, I'm like, yeah, this is a wrap. Like, when he's cooking, yeah, yeah, this is a wrap for him, man. So, I mean, you know, good for him. Yeah, he, he did his thing. Uh, our guy Clem said, Pat Bev forever the 14-9 and nine guy. He did score 14 points tonight. He sure uh, did. Rob saying, that's Pat Bev. He's always going to talk to Smack. He's playing for playoff teams. Someone wants him. Meanwhile, the Bulls yeah. can't attract free agents. No, no lies detected in that statement, Rob. Jeff Rock saying, Pat Bev, go to Pat Bev. I love how everyone's just like, Pat Bev, go to Pat Bev. And everyone knows Pat exactly Bev, what bro. that means. Yeah. Uh, if anyone out there is taking it personally, you are too easily triggered. I agree. If I you're agree. a Bulls fan who was bothered by the behavior of Patrick Beverly on that game, yeah. on that court during that game tonight, I. What are you doing? Reevaluate <laughs> your mental health because I no, was seriously. sitting there laughing at it. Yeah. Um, Fried rice saying, easy to laugh when you're up. I do think that that is a little detail worth pointing out, though. Pat Bev went off and started talking his shit in the fourth quarter of a game that was over. Like, it's not like Pat Bev was the reason that they were in control of this game from start to finish. No, Giannis put up like a near 50-point near triple-double. Like, oh, yeah, but Pat Bev loves coming in and taking whatever slice of the pie of credit that he can when his team wins. But, dude, but to his credit, Pat Bev be talking when they down 20. Pat Bev will talk to you when it's a two-point game. He don't care. Like, Pat Bev is always going to be running his mouth. The MJ with the baseball bat, you know, hunkered in the locker. yeah. Yeah, and with a stogie. Listen, yeah, dude, you talking shit when it's nothing, nothing, or when you're down. Yeah, you remember Matt when we were at the Minneapolis game and Demar was cooking his ass and he hit him and Demar hit him with the too small. That was a yeah. close game. You know yeah. what I mean? They went into overtime. Like he was still talking though. Like he, he's Pat Bev. Like it's Pat Bev's gonna Pat Bev. Like you said, I don't know why that's not a T-shirt yet. That he ain't just done that, but that is a T-shirt. Pat Bev is gonna Pat Bev, man. That's what he uh, do. Okay, so Jake Reynolds in the comments said, LOL, the Bulls are lacking three-point shooters, not two idiots who never shut up. And I I thought for a second he was talking about us, Dave. But then I looked oh. up <laughs> and saw that our guy, uh, Flipside, said, Pep Evan, Bobby Portis are the type of dogs the Bulls are lacking. Bunch of nice guys on our squad. And so I assume that Jake Reynolds was referring to Pep Evan Portis yeah. when saying two idiots who never shut up. I mean, we are also two shoot, idiots though. who never shut up. But yeah. um, I, I, I get that there is that little bit of like, man, this Bulls team, uh, how does Cowley phrase it? A bunch of choir boys, right? I choir boys, yes. Yes, correct. There, there are no hard-headed, go-win-the-mental-battle kind of players on this team. Right. And if there are, or at least a young, win-the-mental-battle player in the making, maybe Dale and Terry, they're not getting minutes. Um, yeah. I do think that this Bulls team is soft. And I do think that more often than not, in the last few years, that has been a contributing factor to the mm-hmm. Bucks getting the better of them in more mm-hmm. games than not. Mm-hmm. Do I do I wish that we still had Pat Bev? No. I mean, he's he's entertainment value, but that dude honestly, I more regret letting Bobby out the door. 
I saw somebody in my Twitter feed today saying like, you know, it's why is Bobby, you know, acting so tough? Like he's the one who turned down the extension offer that the Bulls gave him. He did. And and, and that is true. He did turn down that extension offer, you know, similarly to the way that the Jimmy thing worked out and that Jimmy bet on himself. And in the final year of that contract, turned himself into a freaking all-star and Bobby got traded in the middle of that final year of his rookie deal. And that was the difference. Um, but you see what Bobby has done for that Bucks team. You see the way that they won a championship, and he was a vital piece of that championship team Very a few years so. ago. And Very you see that so. the way that the city of Milwaukee and Bucks fans everywhere have embraced Bobby Portis. Like mm-hmm. when he and Demar got into a scrape tonight, I was sitting there saying, "Like I love Demar. I got mad love and respect for Demar." But also, I still have a soft spot in my heart for Bobby Portis because I love <laughs> everything about that dude. And I don't know who to root for if they throw down their freaking fists right now. Oh, I, I do. It was going to be DeMar DeRozan for me. Like, I, I was definitely – because Bobby ain't got no love for you no more. You That's know what true. I mean? At That's all. True. There's no, no love in his heart anymore for Chicago, dog. Like, for real. He might love the city and the dining area, but he ain't got no love for the Chicago Bulls, dog. It ain't there. It ain't there. So if it ain't there for him, it ain't there for me, bro. And and it I, should be that way. I'm okay with it being that way. I it, that's true. I I have a special little extra connection. Connection. Sure, sure. I know. Right, right. Bobby and I got to hang one time. And, right, right, uh, right. And and he, and he was a very very kind, sweet, polite young man. Um, having a nice chat with my mom. My mom right. said, "Bobby Portis, such a polite young man." So hey, if you if you get the thumbs up from Sarah Peck, you're good in my book for the rest of the time. Um, he put down Nico, so he cool with me. That, that, <laughs> that with too. Me, that too. Yeah. I saw somebody in the comments earlier making a joke about Nico Miritich PTSD. Like, yeah, I I think Bobby got too too big of a bad rap about that for a long time, and I think that well, hey, he's still here, and he's yeah. still a very important player on a very good NBA team. Agreed. Agreed. Where's Nico? Not here. <laughs> Punched out of the country. That's what he got. Indeed. Uh, let's get out of there. Let's call it now. It is almost 1 a.m. Wait, hold on. We got Super Chats, man. We got a couple oh, Super Chats. We got I, I apologize. My goodness. Couple super where, chats, where is my head? My head is in Bobby Portis's lap. Wow. As a baby napping safely, not in a romantic way. Uh, A.K. With a 999 super chat saying NBA is a business. Bucks and Giannis sell. Celtics Bucks playoff sells. The Bulls are marketed as a make no moves, stuck in mediocrity team. It's a business. These Bulls are not marketable. Uh absolutely. I'm guessing that went back to our conversation earlier about the the way the game was called, the way the broadcast was called tonight. The yeah. Bucks are an in team and the Bulls are not. Uh AK with another 999 super chat. Bless your heart, AK. Saying the Bulls were making a run in the third, momentum was shifting. Then Pat Bev and Bobby Portis head games happened. The Bulls lost their composure. Need to be better. Vooch mm-hmm. Io goonship was nice. I enjoyed Io's goons, bro. I did. I, I, did. I really respected it. I really I did. did. <laughs> that I mean, I, I was wavering between watching the ESPN broadcast and I did notice that NBC Sports Chicago had Io mic'd up tonight. And I was oh, curious, he did. And like, yeah. there, the, the 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 Bulls talk uh, Twitter account and shout out to some of our old friends over there at NBC. Uh, had a couple of videos that they clipped and put up on their Twitter account where you could hear Io mic'd up for a few things. Uh, yeah. He told Caruso he loved him after Caruso saved his ass on a defensive rotation, which I thought was very <laughs> endearing. Um, 
but yeah, I, I still, I still ended up pivoting towards the ESPN broadcast because I wanted to see yeah. what what the Bulls were going to be, you know, depicted as in this hey. big matchup against one of the top teams in the league. Like mine, sir. I had and the same I, exact thought. I am not surprised by the answer we got. At all. <laughs> At all. Uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us so late uh, on a Friday night. Hope you all have a great weekend. Yeah. Um, Bulls are off until Monday. We are yeah. off until Monday. In the mm-hmm. meantime, follow our guy, the GOAT, Will underscore Gottlieb. Read his stuff. AllCHGO.com is where you can find his thoughts on all things Bulls, all of his coverage. Follow our pal producer, Joey Spathis. He is at Joey Spathis. Climb to 1.2K. Yes, uh, Big Dave Bow, BAWL Sports. <laughs> I'm Bulls underscore Peck. We are CHU underscore Bulls. Hit the like. Love you too, Jake Reynolds. You're welcome, Jeff Crook. Brandon, Dave, everybody here, thanks for hanging out. Shout out to you, Rob Antol. We uh, we will talk to you Monday. Uh, subscribe to CSGO Sports. We're trying to climb to 50K before our two-year anniversary coming up. Next right there. Week. Right mm-hmm. there. Right there. Dave, you be good, my friend. Joey, you be good, my friend. Bulls Nation, we will talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend. See you, Rob. Be good. Peace. Y'all silly like the mayor. 